<laughs> One second, hold on. <laughs> Great. Hi, guys. My name is Brendan Patrick, and this is... Kobe? Hello? One second. <laughs> oh, my God. Please hold. <laughs> Once I untangle my headphones, it's over for you, bitches. <laughs> Thank God. You're listening to Super Lit. It's a bi-weekly podcast about books pertaining to the LGBT community. Hello. I finally learned how to say that all in one in one breath. I finally got my headphones untangled. It's over for us. The podcast is done. This is the end. It's just going to be sad, guys. Get ready to be sad. All right. So this week we're reading a book called Aristotle and Dante Discovered the Secrets of the Universe. I'm glad we're three minutes into this podcast and it's just us being dumb. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's on brand. It's on brand. It's on brand. It's super dumb. All right. Um, let's talk about this beautiful, amazing, heartwarming book. It really is so heartwarming. And I didn't think, cause I, I didn't know anything about this book going in. So I picked it up and I was like, Oh, I've seen this like mentioned a couple of places. I should get it. And I didn't know anything about the author, about the book, nothing. And uh, he's won, like, one, two, three, four awards because of this book or just in general? I think specifically, this is maybe his first, like, fully published novel. Yeah, it, uh, if this is his first, like, fully published novel, um, congratulations, because this is astounding. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Honestly, I... I think so. Let me read the book sleeve to you guys just so you like know what the book is about and you're not like me, you're just picking up books. Um, Dante can't swim, Ari can. Dante is articulate and self assured. Ari has a hard time with words and suffers from self doubt, don't we all? Um, Dante gets lost in poetry and art. Ari gets lost in thoughts of his older brother who is in prison. Dante is fair skinned. Ari's features are much darker. It seems that a boy like Dante, with his open and unique perspective on life would be the last person to break down the walls that Ari has built around himself. But when Ari meets, uh, <laughs> this is bad. But when Ari and Dante meet, they bond, they share books, thoughts, dreams, and laughter. They teach each other new vocabularies, which I clearly need that and begin to redefine each other's worlds. And they discover that the universe is large and difficult place. This is a story about two boys, Ari and Dante, who must learn to believe in each other and the power of their friendship if they are to ever become men. In breathtaking prose, correct, American Book Award winner uh, Benjamin captures those memories, uh, wow, I can't read, those moments that make a boy a man as he exploits Laura, (laughs) 
Loyalty and trust, friendship and love. Well, um, if anything, that has proven that I can't read aloud. Um, beautiful. You're so beautiful. <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank you. It's, it's the only thing that makes up for how stupid I am. Um, but yeah, I picked this book up and I was like, oh yeah, I'll give this a shot. Um, I want to read everything else this person has published. Um, yeah, he's an absolutely beautiful, fantastic writer. I love him so much. This is his only book that I've read. I was going to say, have you read the other books? There's another book in here that says it is by him. It's called He Forgot to Say Goodbye, which honestly, if that ain't a mood. Big mood. Oh, he writes a lot of poetry, which makes sense in a lot of short stories. Oh, I like that. He was also a professor, I believe, in Texas. Which is where the book takes place. So I have Woo! no reference for anything because I'm definitely always on the East Coast. Um, I went to Texas once and it was a fun time until my appendix burst on the plane. So there's that. Cute. Had a fun time. Well, before we get into the actual plot of the book, I just need to fully cement my um, absolute nerddom and complete lack of uh, oh, oh, no. um, I don't know how to word this uh, I'm a giant nerd and the reason that uh, I listened to this book oh no <laughs> is because like last year I was looking for a good audible book audible sponsor us and <laughs> please sponsor us um and I saw <laughs> that Lin-Manuel Miranda does the reading for the audiobook and I was that was all I needed <laughs> Um, I'm really uncultured and I admit that I'm swine. Um, who is that, Sophie? Trash boy. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is an absolutely beautiful human being. He's a blessed creature on Twitter and he gives me inspirational quotes every day. He also wrote like this, like kind of influential musical recently called Hamilton. Oh God. See, I know people's faces. I don't know their names. He's uh, perfect, and I love him. He also wrote In the Heights, which is slightly more autobiographical. Wait, what? Yes. How did I not know that? Because you're uncultured. Wow. Um, I wish you would have let me know before you ripped my wig off in front of all of my friends. Um, but despite the fact that, A, Lynn has like a fantastic speaking voice, he's a very talented human, he is also... So capable of pronouncing all of the beautiful Spanish that is in this book. <laughs> oh, can I <laughs> can I share with you the alternative title that I came up with earlier today for this book? I can't wait. What is it? Um, it's Aristotle Dante discovered the secrets of toxic masculinity. Wow, I feel like um, my uh, whole facial hair was just singed off by the heat of that title. Uh, hot takes. This book is... Hot We're no longer called Super Lit. We're called Hot Takes Hot by takes. the Gays. This book is an absolute fantastic like representation of toxic masculinity, and that's literally all I could think of the entire time I was re-listening to it. I think... Okay, I 100% agree with you. And on the topic of that, can I start with like my first point in this book that I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting... Um, I thought that, uh, oh, also everyone, there's spoilers in this podcast. Don't listen if you don't want them, but listen if you want them. Listen anyway, do it. 
We're not going to spoil everything. Yeah, we don't talk about the the absolute ending, which was cute. Read everything the, in this book read is the whole cute. Book. It's cute. Um, now, uh, my first point is that I thought I was going to hate the dad the whole book, but the entire book. I thought like the dad uh, Ari's dad. Yeah, so I thought that the like first couple of chapters I was like, so I'm going to hate dad. I'm going to hate this guy's dad. Like it's going to be terrible. He's probably the worst. Ooh, context. Important context. The book takes place in 1987? Yes. 1987? Um, and it's in the 80s, late 80s, and um, uh, Ari's dad was in um, the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. That is very, very important for uh, our first dad type, who is very hyper-masculine, very emotionally closed off, very rigid dad trope, and that is uh, Ari's dad. And I thought the whole time, and I don't like people like that. Like it just, it just messes me up. Like, please just show some emotion, especially towards your children. Like, please raise them to be emotionally like, uh, full of different types of emotions, not just like crap. And please talk to your children. Um, but as the book progressed, like, uh, he actually started bonding with Ari more and, uh, he started like answering questions about, himself and uh no he does answer some questions about his time in the war but i truly thought that wasn't going to happen because usually when you meet a character like this uh i feel like they aren't ever redeemed and uh i felt as though he actually had redeeming qualities and it was very interesting to see this person kind of break himself down for his son and i was like oh this person like is an actual human being and wants his son to like know more about him, especially because he realizes that his son doesn't know everything about him. And I, I thought that was amazing. Mm. Yeah. He, it does a very good job too of giving the like very cold, like seemingly emotionless character, um, like a good arc and an emotional beat without it being like, it could have very easily been the trope of like, oh no, something's wrong. Someone has to help me fix this. And then like the emotionless characters of the book like secretly does it, but doesn't like admit to it. So they're like, oh, they redeemed themselves because they did this thing like kind of off to the side, but you didn't really see it. But he gets like a very like emotional scene and like, it's just really beautiful. It's towards the end of the book. So you gotta, you gotta read or listen to it, but it's, just like exactly what needed to happen, I think. Yeah, because it wasn't like this person like switched immediately and now they're completely fixed and unbroken. It's like, no, I'm still completely distraught by what happened, but I'm going to tell you what happened and I want you to understand why I am the way I am and why I am distant sometimes and why like this has happened. And it's not an excuse, but. It like it definitely helps Ari like understand that his father is the way he is because of a specific reason, and I think it's kind of like an actual like it's I, I would view that as something that would mess me up. So like I read it and I was like, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Like why you aren't always open with your children, but you're trying to be now because you realize that it's been affecting him. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. re- I'm thinking yeah as I'm listening to you I like that um, Ari's mom is very much also slightly stern and like a little bit she's not as warm as 
uh, Dante's mom. Dante's parents are an entirely different thing that we will discuss next. But um, I did enjoy that, like, his whole family is kind of similarly emotionally kind of stunted. Um, it wasn't like, oh, the super comforting, like, wonderful mom character paired against the super cold, like, evil, like, dad character, because that would have been, like, very frustrating. The whole It's the worst. I'm, like, not here for, oh, this is the mom and she's the woman, so she does all the emotional labor in the relationship. The whole family is very much, like, we don't talk about things. We don't talk about, like, our emotions. This is how things are. And... This is the point in the podcast where I say, holy shit, I identify with this character so much. Which one? Ari. Oh, <laughs> my God. He's just a sad, very, like, confused boy who doesn't understand his emotions while he's having emotions. He's constantly like, I feel this way. I don't understand why I feel this way. I feel like I want to do this. I don't understand why I want to do this. And it's like, I get it. Feelings are hard. <laughs> 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 but... I feel like I'm still very much this way, but I was 100% definitely this way when I was a teenager. It's, like, extremely hard for me to open up to people and, like, confront my own emotions with myself. And the fact that, like, Ari has very supportive parents but very closed-off parents also make it very difficult for him to do this. He has a lot of questions about parts of his life he doesn't understand. He's a young boy. He's going through puberty, so he just has a lot of questions about everything. And it's, like extremely difficult for him to like ask his parents or people around him questions and he gets like very embarrassed by a lot of things and it just like he's perfect i love him my precious son honestly i really do feel like dante is a me character because i'm very much that person that's like yeah this is a thing that my family does yours doesn't like very open with things and i feel like when i was his age I, like, not, like, knew who I was as a person, but, like, I was aware of certain things about myself. And I think that I was very much like, well, this is who I am as a person, so this is what the world is getting. So, like, I came out at a very early age, and, I like, I just always knew it. And I wasn't afraid to, like, ask questions about certain things. And I feel like Ari is very much like, I want to ask this question, but my parents walk away from me when I ask them, so I guess I don't get to ask them or is like Dante is just like hey I'm asking this question answer it right now or I'm going to just bother you about it yeah they very quickly get into like a rhythm of like Dante being like hey do you ever think about this or like hey what about this and it's like a really like super forward question and Ari's like why do you do that why do you just say things like that how is that okay for you to say things and then Dante's like why are you angry and he's like stop and then uh the the slow burn is real good. <laughs> the slow burn is slow burny, but honestly, at the same time, it's like on Dante's end, it's very fast. It's like, oh, yeah, yes, definitely. I feel this way. And then Ari's just like, wait, what are feelings for people? Dante is like very much the person who is like only capable of having one emotion at a time. In, like, the sense that, like, he has an emotion and he immediately has to express it so he can, like, move on to the next one. And Ari's like, I'm going to sit and think about this for, like, four months. And then, like, maybe I'll think about, like, bringing it up. I'm not sure yet. I still need to, like, figure out my own life. What if you're both? (laughs) But why not both? Honestly, that's, like, such a mood because sometimes I'm like, 
yeah, I have this feeling. Here it is. Oh, I shouldn't have had it. That's weird. Um, cool. And other times I'm like, hmm, I have this emotion. I should hold it to myself and let it fester. And then maybe months from now I can bring it up when it's too late and or uh, it's not an appropriate time to think about it. Mm, yeah, the second one is big mood. And here is my SMR on how to not talk about your feelings when you have them and talk about them later in true Virgo fashion. How to have an emotion and just think about it for way too long and then <laughs> immediately go into panic because you realize that you've been thinking about it too long and now the opportunity is passed and you can't bring it up now because it's already passed and now you're just going to be forever just thinking about that thing you didn't do that one time you should have done it, but it's, it's passed, it's happened. And then while you're distracted by thinking about the thing you didn't do, something else comes up and you're like, oh, I should do that thing. Oh, there it goes. And went, now it's too, now it's awkward. Now it's weird. Here I am. It's fine. So that is the summary of Ari, who uh, every time I read the word Ari, I just said, I thought of Ariana Grande. And <laughs> oh my God, recast this as Ariana Grande. <laughs> could you imagine? Um, honestly, I just feel as though... Uh, Gay culture has ruined me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hard same. Also, everyone, just letting you know, um, Sophie and I uh, have literally been calling each other uh, Leah and Simon. Um, over the weekend, we went to a wedding and then to a beach. And um, I literally opened the door and said, hello, Leah. And she said, we don't want any of what you're selling. Oh, can we also talk about how I panicked because I didn't have a dress for the wedding, and then I panicked because I didn't have a bra. <laughs> oh my god! And then the no shoes. And then I panicked because I didn't have shoes for the dress. Oh my god, Sophie, why are you like this? <laughs> Literally, like panic texting you, like Simon, I don't have a bra. What am I gonna do? I have to go to Target to get. And bras we dragged and her because we were like, people don't do that. That's not a real thing. And yet here you are. You're like. I bought a dress and now I don't have a bra. I am just, I am Leah and I've accepted it and it's fine. But also I'm Ari and it's fine. (laughs) This podcast is about feeling like we're inanimate objects and or characters. Um, So yeah. (laughs) Welcome to me. I only strongly identify with fictional characters. (laughs) I only fall in love and cry for fictional characters. Hard same. Um, I want to talk about Dante's parents because they're very important and I love Sam so much. He's like the perfect dad. Sam is who I think I would be as a dad, but also at the same time, I do feel as though I would be very much like his mom and be like, hi, you just saved my son's life. Um, interesting. You can't do wrong now. Thank you. You're perfect. Everything about you is fantastic. Um, I think the first thing that Ari notices when he goes to Dante's house for the first time is that um, Dante walks into his dad's study and kisses him on the cheek. And he, like, is very playful when he talks to his parents. And Ari's, like, immediately, like, if I walked into my house and, like, kissed my dad on the cheek, I have no idea what would happen. I literally cannot comprehend how my father would react to that. I think that's like a no, like a normal thing to think because like it it's di- like it's different. Like I I love my dad to death, and I I don't think I would walk into a room as a normal greeting and just do that. It's not how our like my family works. I don't know how it is with yours, but like 
if I meet, if I like say hello to other people's families, like I think I've done that with your mom and I've shook your, I shake, like I say hello to your dad, maybe shake his hand, but like, I've definitely ch- like kissed your mom on the cheek before. Kissed my mom. I'm just kidding. Um, my mom yeah, loves you. Love She's going to adopt you. It's Please? fine. Cause I can't marry into your family clearly because no one wants me. So I'm just going to have your mom adopt me. Uh, I think that'll work out. That should be fine. Yeah. See what she does to me, everyone. I want to marry her brothers and they won't let me. So we need to talk about like the big thing that happens. Cause I think what changes their relationship from being like friends to being like, Oh, we're more than like, we're like good. Like we're best friends. And it's like, you clearly have more feelings for me than I admittedly have for you right at this moment that I can imagine. Um, they're like, walking around the town after a rainstorm and there uh, is a bird in the middle of the street who looks like, I think it was like hit by a car or it's like struggling to fly. And um, Dante sees it and was like, Oh, let me go like help this bird. And Ari's just like, okay, yeah, like a, maybe don't go into the middle of the road. And as Dante does this, he like picks the bird up and a car comes out of nowhere. And let me tell you, I thought the whole book was going to be um, like, okay, Dante is dead now and Ari has to deal with it. And I was so scared that that was going to be the book. And uh, or Ari jumps in front of this car and pushes Dante out of the way and saves his life and basically uh, gets run over. So he breaks his legs and it kind of changes the way that Ari like views or I think both ways actually it changes the way that Dante feels about Ari and Ari is very much like, don't bring it up. We don't have to talk about it. I don't need to think about this thing that I just did, which is a good example of like, yeah, like I don't, we don't need to have emotions. We're, we're men. No men talk. No men do that. Um, and I, I think that that is like a huge important part of the book because it's mentioned for the rest of the book. And Ari has like, he likes to set up rules where he's like, Hey, guess what? We're not allowed to talk about this thing anymore. And Dante's like, what do you mean? We can't talk about it. You saved my life. And he's like, Mm-mm, no, we don't. No, no, we don't talk about this thing. And it's kind of like a joke in the book that like Ari will set up rules that you're not allowed to break, but he's allowed to break them, but you're not. And uh, that car accident really messed me up. It, yeah, I, for some reason, so I listened to this book last year, like the beginning of last year. It's like almost two years ago. And then you were like, Hey, I want to do this book. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I re-listened to it in the last week and I somehow completely forgot about this car accident. Like I remember that something happens and I like remember that for, for some reason, I forgot that the way that Ari gets hurt because he then, he then spends the rest of the summer with both of his legs broken. So he's like in physical therapy and he like, can't really go out or anything. And he's like, he has casts and stuff for a while is because he literally saves uh, Dante's life. Casually saves life. Casually saves best friends, like love of your life's life. It's fine. It's really, (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Help me. I love them so much. So um, I think that is like a big thing that changes the the feelings between the boys. And um, that I think for me, that's when I was like, 
Oh, I see that Ari doesn't know how to talk about emotions. Interesting. That's weird. It's almost like there are people in his family that taught him that withholding emotions uh, is fine and doesn't lead to brain cancer. No. I mean, it better not, because... <laughs> We're both screwed. Fuck! Um, yeah, no, it's fascinating because the whole book is from Ari's perspective as well. So a lot of the, I think you mentioned this when like a couple of days ago where you like started to talk about this and I was like, no, no, we're not allowed to talk about the book yet. We got to save it for the podcast. It's so hard seeing Sophie in person the two times a year that I see her uh, and not talking about something that we plan on talking about. Because I, I literally tried bringing up the book like three times and you were just like, Mm-mm, don't do it. No, because then I'm like, I, my ideas are going to run out of my head and then I'm not going to remember them later. But I think you brought up that um, the chapters are like really, really short, which as like reading it as an or listening to it on audiobook is not too jarring because you just like it just kind of feels like the sentence structure is like broken up weird. Cause every once in a while it'll just be like part three, but it'll be like a really short part. Um, and I don't think it's explicitly written this way. It's not like formatted this way, but it very much kind of feels like you're reading Ari's diary because the like chapters are so short and it it's like, so does you're like, just it's like, it's his diary, but it's as if it was his diary that he's just like mentally taking. It's not like actually him writing things down because some of the things he thinks are so like unconscious stream of consciousness. Yeah. Cause the way, especially when it comes up that he like is having these nightmares and it's like his dad, his brother and Dante are all in these nightmares. Like it's really interesting the way that it's written out. And it's very much like a kid is writing it. But the like the story itself doesn't seem like childish or like not written well. Um, it's like it just reads as though it is definitely someone's diary. But it that's that's crazy. I didn't think of that. It's also um, like uncensored. Like his thoughts are just kind of like I'm having these thoughts and these are what I'm having and like I'm having an emotion and I don't know how to respond to it. As like I feel like even if a person is writing in their own diary and they never plan on ever showing it to another human purposefully, you're always still like actively censoring yourself as you're writing things down because there's always like the thought in the back of your head that you might like someone might find it or maybe like you'll read it later or something like and it doesn't have that. It's very much like stream of consciousness. This is what he's thinking. Like this is what's happening right now. Yeah, definitely. It, that's so weird. I didn't think of it like that. And that's that's definitely true. Like, whenever I had any kind of, like, journals, if you will, I always felt like I couldn't write things down because I, as I was writing them, I'd be like, no, that's, like, not true. Or, like, that's not how they felt. You're just being dumb. So, like, this is very much like a stream of consciousness book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ari's family is he has two older sisters, and then he has his older brother, who is a complete mystery to him. Um, but his he was born after his dad came back from Vietnam, so I think his sisters are like 12 years older than him. So they're completely out of the house. So he kind of feels like an only child, but still has this like overbearing like sense of like his older siblings especially his brother because pretty much all he knows about his brother is that he's in prison for some reason and 
for whatever his brother did, that's the reason that his parents are so like uptight about everything. And that's why they don't like to talk about things. And that's why his mom is always like worried when he gets angry. He gets, he's a very frustrated child, um, for reasons. And it starts to like build and stuff because he's also a hormonal teenager. So I think the book starts when they're 15 and ends when they're 17. And every time he gets like angry or aggressive, his mom gets like very concerned. Yeah. Cause, uh, especially since he doesn't necessarily know how to like talk about his emotions. And, um, after the car accident, his mom is forced to like, not forced because someone has to do it. Um, someone has to like bathe him and like shave him. And after the first time she does it, she like leaves the room and he just like sits in the tub sobbing, which I read and I was like, Oh my God, baby. No. Number one, baby boy. Anytime he has like any kind of beat where he's like very vulnerable, he, he like cries, which he also like, it makes him uncomfortable. I feel like a lot of the times when he does cry, he's, like, thinking about something or something else is happening, and then he's, like, and then I was crying, and I don't know why. And I'm, same. It's just, like, a big mood to just cry and be, like, what is this water coming out of my eyes? My robot parts are gonna rust. No, oh, no. no. Um, and then in the same vein, the complete opposite of him is Dante, who is always has his emotions full front, like full throttle all the way, is constantly crying about things, about like when he gets ha- when he's happy about something, when he's slightly upset about something, when something like very upsetting happens, like he just like will cry all the time. And Ari never knows what to do when Dante is crying. He's just like he like looks so away. He like doesn't look directly at it. He's like. If I don't look right at it, it'll stop. I think a lot of the times when they're having moments together that become more emotional and Dante will cry, um, Ari just kind of says, like, and I just sat there or I sat with him and I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I just sat with him, which is... I think that's a normal it, reaction to other people crying around you. Yeah, he. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't ignore it, but he also doesn't move to comfort him, which yeah, is which, understandable. Yeah, and I think especially because, like, the way that he's been raised, it's like, if someone's having an emotion, it happens and you ignore it. You let them have the emotion and then you talk about something else. Do we have any other points other than the fact that we want to love this book more? So Dante's um, dad is a professor. He's an English professor, which also explains a lot of like Dante really loves poetry and he likes like reading and culture and he is in like so much more invested in kind of this educational world, which um, he brings into Ari's life, which is great. But because he's a professor, um, they moved to Chicago for a little bit and for the school year. So there's like a portion during the middle of the book where they're they're separated. And it's just like a fantastic, like 100% just like a good mechanic in the book because they're just writing letters to each other. And there's like, Dante writes, will write like five letters and Ari will like send one back. That's like one page long. And Dante will send him like three more letters that are like four pages long each. And it's just like, and he mentions that he's like to every letter that I've written you, like every five letters I write you, you write me one and I'm not keeping count, but I'm just putting it out there. Like that is such like, that is amazing. 
Yeah, he does a little lot with him where he's like, I'm not saying that this is not okay. You can do what you want because I know how you work. But I'm just pointing out that, like, I've done this and you have only done this. And he's like, but you can do what you want because he very quickly picks up on the fact that, like, if he, like, points out something like that to Ari, it'll just upset him and it won't fix the problem. It'll just be like, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, But it's also very interesting because... They are in El Paso, which is, I mean, Texas in the 80s. I'm not 100% familiar with that at all, but I'm going to assume it was a relatively conservative time. I'm sure, I mean, it still is. Texas is still relatively conservative. Um, And Dante moves and lives in Chicago, which is like a very large city that's in a completely different part of the country. So he is like suddenly like doing all this stuff. He's like drinking for the first time he's like smoking pot he's like being a teenager just going to parties and it's just like he's experimenting experimenting with women oh yeah he he kisses a girl which is very distressing to ari and ari does not understand why at all that would upset him not sure why it would upset him either like it's not like they're gay like they're just bros being bros you know just like two guys still in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay you know Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, and also, like, during that time, so the during the time that Dante gets progressively gayer, Ari gets progressively more masculine because he starts working at, like, a burger joint. He starts, like, he makes some friends that are both girls. He starts working out a lot, so he gets, like, super beefy. He just gets, like, hot. I think, like, when they see each other for the first time, when Dante moves back to Chicago, like the first thing he says to him is like, Hey, Mari, where'd you get all those muscles? And I'm like, Oh my God, child. And of course, like the one thing that like Ari met, like sees that like Dante is taller than him. And it's like, he's just like, and he's taller than me. And then Dante's like, where'd you get all those muscles? And I was like, you homosexual. I think they're, the one of the best things about this book though is that Dante is very confident about who he is and he understands that he's like starting to feel feelings and he like expresses that to Dante or expresses that to Ari and he's like, Hey, I think I might like to kiss boys. I think I want to kiss a boy. And he's like, Is that okay with you? And Ari's like, Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like I don't care. And Dante's just like, No, I need you to tell me that we're going to still be friends because this is very important, but there's never like a moment really where Ari gets like angry at him for that. He just gets angry at himself because it causes him more confusion, but they like, yeah, definitely. They'd stay. There's it's obviously like, I feel like this book has a lot of personal meaning to the author or maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just an exceptional author, but I feel like, it veers very well away from like tropes that could easily fit into the story. Oh, can we talk about legs? Oh my God, the dog. Okay. So while Ari, like the day he gets his legs back after being uh, broken in half, basically he's out for a walk and he finds this dog just like walking aimlessly. And the dog, like he pets the dog and then he, like, is walking home, and the dog follows it home, and it's just there. And he tells his dad, he's like, hey, this, this dog followed me home. And his dad's like, well, I think you could have a dog. Like, a man should have a dog. 
And uh, they're both just like, well, the, the mom's not going to want the dog inside. And the dog obviously becomes an inside dog because obviously. And uh, he's just like, I think the true story is about legs. She's an icon. She's a beauty. She's fantastic. And she loves licking faces. I just, uh, I honestly feel like that dog is the only um, part of the book that I never questioned in terms of like, oh my God, something bad's going to happen to this character. Or like, oh my God, I just like feel as though uh, I'm going to cry the whole time. The dog comes into the book and I'm like, this is going to be a constant happy thing. I know it. Mm, yeah. It's also like a fantastic way for Ari to have an emotional connection to something. Cause he immediately loves that dog and like has absolutely no problems admitting that. And it's just, I was like, yes, animals are so easy to connect to. They're so much easier than people. <laughs> ah, Ari. So much easier than people. And also, um, I just, I love that when Dante meets legs for the first time, he's like, so excited. He's like honored to meet this animal. I'm like picturing him like kneeling down and like taking the dog's paw and be like, it's lovely to meet you. And then immediately being like, no, I have to hug you a lot. And you have to lick my face and everything has to be cute. You have to love me. Oh, and legs loves everybody. Legs is such a good dog. I love legs. I feel like uh, any other plot I want to talk about is going to be spoily, and I don't. I want people to enjoy this book and read it. Though I will, as I will say, the first time I so the first time I listened to this, I literally picked it up because I recognized the author who was reading it or the person who was reading it, and I had no idea what was happening. Like I didn't. I'd never heard of the book. I didn't know anything about the author. I didn't know anything about the plot and doing a re-listen. I mean, obviously Dante is very confidently like queer pretty early on, but I like didn't feel like it was very obvious that anything else was happening through Ari, but like through this re-listen, I was like, Oh, this is gay from like page one. Yeah. It was like (laughs) page one, get out of bed. Page two, Met this dude at the pool. Um, page three. Page three. Found uh, a friend, named it Legs. Page four. We're now gay and married. It's like no, it's page one. Wrong? Wakes up, <laughs> goes to pool. Page two. Meet cute boy. Page three. Definitely into cute boy. Page four. No, I'm not. You didn't read that. I'm not into it at all. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that is uh, 100% correct. Sophie just literally read the whole book. Um, and uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's right. It's all right. It's really, it's a really good book, and it makes me really happy. And the first time I listened to it, I cried a lot at the end, but they were all happy tears. It was a Yo, lot of happy crying. There's sobbing. a lot of happy crying. So I'm sobbing. I really, so I can't. I know we, like, talked about a lot of the topics in the book. I can't explain enough. Like, and I, I feel like I say this every book because I'm just, like, so excited about them. This book was so fucking good. I can't explain enough how good it was. It's, like, I want to, I just re-listened to it. I, so this is the second time, and I want to listen to it again. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what this Audible 
recording sound like? Um, you should definitely listen to it because it's adorable. Lynn is a fantastic, cute human being. Some author, some like people when they read books, they do like very distinct voices when they do different characters. You don't like that. It depends because <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it works out. It's really nice. I'm like super not low key all into the Outlander series, and the lady who reads all the audiobook books for that does a beautiful Scottish accent. She's beautiful French accent. She's beautiful British accent. Ten out of ten, lovely, appreciate it. But I also really like when a person who's reading a book like very subtly changes their voice when they do different characters, and Lynn does this very well. Like when he does, when he reads for Dante, his voice gets like a little higher. Uh, and it's like very chipper. It's oh very cute. My God. Um, and then he's like, when he's like any of the dads, he's like, he gets like a little more gravelly. And it's like, it's just very good. Dad. It's daddy. <laughs> Heck. Yeah. It, uh, that, sound, that voice uh, acting that you're talking about sounds really good. It's very good. It's enough to distinguish different characters, but it doesn't, like, take you out. He doesn't do, like, voices. He just, like, slightly changes, like, affectation when he's doing specific characters, which is very nice. You know um, you can't use words like affectation with me because I don't know what they mean. It ch- He changes the way jo- he pronounces I was, I was things. Joking. I was joking. I'm not dumb. I promise. I'm not stupid. <laughs> you precious baby boy. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Read the book. Do it. Get the audible. Do it. 10 out of 10 would recommend, would listen to it about eight more times. It's beautiful. I love it so much. It's like the perfect little book. You can, it's not very long. You can like, it's just, it's just a really beautiful story. And it's really, it just makes me cry every time I listen to it in the best way. Happy tears. I cried a few times throughout the book. Like I was like, oh, this this is the thing that we're, we're doing. Okay. Good cries. It's a very Ari situation where you're like reading and you're just like, my cheeks are wet. What's going on? What's happening? Why? I can't read the words anymore. My eyes are blurry. What's going on? Why did I go to bed early? Oh, because I started crying myself to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> but I would definitely, I, I like this book because it, it's not, I don't know. Like it's, it's an interesting look into uh, like for me, a different culture, and I I really like how the the masculinity was appro- like approached, and um, how the feelings were approached too. And I I think it was a very realistic like coming to terms with like, hey, I have feelings for this person, and I'm gonna be okay with that. Like, and I'm I I I really I don't know why I couldn't come to terms with this before, and why. You know, like I had to examine it, but here we are, and I need this. I need this person here. Like it's, it's just very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the balance between Ari being very emotionally closed off and Dante being like excessively like open about everything, and then you like see their parents who like specifically like the the mothers are very important, but very much like the fathers and their family. Sam is like very open about everything. He's very like happy. He, as far as I know, is not a war veteran, which I think makes sense because he's a college professor. So I think that they possibly didn't 
get drafted or they're able to get out of draft in the Vietnam well, War? Well, I think that um, Ari's parents are older than um, Dante's parents. Also that. Yeah, so he might just not have been the right age because um, Dante is an only child. So he's just very much, he's like happier and more open, but it makes sense as to why um, Ari's dad is very so closed off, but it's just like a very dramatic uh, difference. And I think the way that like masculinity is addressed in this book is very, it, I could write like a thesis about this book, honestly, about specifically just like the approach of masculinity and like the aggression and like the super like hypermasculine way that like Ari feels like he needs to deal with his feelings and the very like emotionally driven, like it's okay that I have emotions that Dante lives his life. And he's like, I'm still a man, but I'm like, slightly flamboyant almost like very emotionally in touch with everything around me and that's okay sophie do you have anything else you want to add other than please read this book um i think i covered all of my bases that i can think of uh there's this book is beautiful it's very emotional so you will cry there are some moments that are a little bit jarring to listen to and I'm sure they're slightly jarring to read but I think it makes all the emotional beats in the story just better because the characters go through very like traumatic experiences Uh, traumatic is no it's the right word traumatic is correct it's yeah but um it's not all happy sunshine like it's very much like a very realistic it's a realistic like book that takes place in like the late eighties in the South about gay people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Every time I think about this book, it just makes me happy. Every time I like, I've gone back and listened to like, just like the last part of it because like, Oh my God, you have a death wish. I love the, the one of the things in this universe I love more than pretty much anything else in like media is a really good slow burn. I yeah, will you watch, do. It kills me. I'll watch 12 episodes of like a Korean drama. I'll watch like a 16 hour BBC like miniseries. So like the characters will hold hands at the end. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. You, you were into your own eyes. Oh, shut up. Um, no, I'm just saying like you're, that's like very much your speed where I'm just like, I need everyone to be on the same page right now. If I could have like an infinite movie where the characters are constantly like almost touching hands and then both like be like, no, I can't. Like, I think I would just die of happiness, like slow burn until I die. So this book is like, it's so good because like the emotional buildup between the characters is just, it's great. A honestly, it just makes me happy just even thinking about it. like I want to go I'm going to go re-listen to it after we're done talking. Wow, I can't wait for you to uh tell me about this. <laughs> I love them so much. They're real good boys. <laughs> they really are and I, I I really liked I liked the way that they were both written cuz I felt like they were like real people. They weren't like magical boys that like happen to exist in a book and it's just like everything is sunshine and rainbow. Like I like reading books like that like a lot. But I also like, you know, being able to take a break from super sugary books and read a book that's like full of love, but also like these things happen that like definitely would have happened. Yeah, definitely. I think 
also having like emotional beats and having like slightly more heavy themes and specific parts of the book just make everything overall more impactful. I uh, agree. And I forget what my closer is. Um, my name is Brendan Patrick and thank you so much for listening to Superlit. <laughs>